Take me out to the taglines. Stay six feet away from the crowd. Buy me some face masks and Mucinex. I'm still waiting on my government checks for its root. Root, root for bombs away. All these movies are paid for its two, three, four jaws. You're out at the old tagline game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Woo-hoo. I was like, I, 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 I'm just going to let him go. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know he wrote an entire song. <laughs> I did. I wrote it. Yep. I'm very, very happy about this. Uh, that's a good way to get into it. Randy Newman, move over. Which is great. I'm really happy that you took the effort to write all that because they didn't take the effort to write any taglines. Oh, baller. <laughs> I mean, it is it is hard to write a tagline, I guess, for a, a wonderful world of Disney movie. I mean, you could have for the box. How many things do have we done that had something that was for the DVD release or something only? Yeah, that's true. It's like, here's a tagline for it. When Disney gets Christian. You know what? <laughs> but at the end of the day... I'm going to say that the writing went into the movie instead, uh, and, and we're going to get all into that, guys. Yes, um, yes. With no reported gross, no reported budget, angels and demons, baseball shoes, baseballs on fire, boiling Coca-Cola, angel possession breast augmentation, Roomba bases, routine ballet hauntings, and at least four possessions with no deaths, a 4.9 on IMDb, and no percentage rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's 2000's Wonderful World of Disney's Angels in the Infield. Let's drop some bombs. You want some onion now, Nat? We got the onion, but they don't smell right. This is great. The old bastard has blown a fuse in the middle of a thermal, and we're gonna roast. I'd like you to be Bimbo Cup. I showed ya! April Fool! April fucking Fool, you motherfucker! My mom's a werewolf. You come barging in here, interrupt what might have been the most important phone call of my life, and tell me that your mom's a werewolf? I mean, my mother's a real honest-to-goodness werewolf. Big deal. My mother's a cow. Welcome to Bombs Away, the B-movie comedy podcast. My name is Jonathan Young. Joining me across the other end of the pond, as always, is... All the ball shrinkage, but none of the strength of steroids. Tyler Rowe. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is cold right now. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's funny because since this, this movie came out in 2000, a lot of the baseball references are, um, you know, 2000s and, and 90s related. Uh, talk about Maguire and stuff like that. I mean, that really is the only player they talk about, but oh, yeah. how the mighty have fallen. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody sold their soul to the devil. Oh, really? He really <laughs> did. Yes. Yeah. Um. So uh, speaking of, of the realm of 2000, when it comes to this film in general, is that I happen to own the VHS. So that's how I watch this. And what a wild look back. Uh, I, something that I was like, oh, I could start doing this and, and give people very much a time capsule 
if if the VHS allows us to. So Disney was kind enough to give us four trailers in this time capsule for Angels in the Infield. One, yeah. Emperor's New Groove, coming to theaters December 2000. I was God like, yes! Damn, yes. Right? Um, Cusco which, is my favorite Disney princess. <laughs> he really is, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which which makes sense. Patrick uh, Walburton is in this film. So, uh, you know, he's the lead in Angels in the Infield. So it makes sense that they would attach his new cinematic release to this. And that movie needed as much advertisement as possible because nobody knew what it was about. Yeah, you know? yeah. Another film that I guarantee will come to uh, the show at some point is called Disney's Model Behavior with Justin Timberlake. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that an original movie? Uh, yes. Com? These three are coming up here. Uh, yeah, but but it, it's something where two girls, one one that's a model and one that's like frumpy, but they look identical or something. They switch places. And I Timberlake. remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you actually watched it? This I would be your did. realm, huh? Dude, a little bit. I, I was just going to pitch to you that we should do a Disney Channel original movie month because there's a lot there. <laughs> well, here you go because here's another one, and this one is with David Allen Greer. So they were hyping him at the same time, being like, hey, you like this movie? Uh, Disney's A Saintly Switch. So it's another religious one. What? <laughs> I've never heard of that one. Okay. Uh, two body switching movies in the same tape. And then Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. Oh, hell yes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, Xenon fucks, man. <laughs> I was like, this is wild, and I cannot not talk about it. Have least. you never seen Xenon? No, why would I watch that? Oh my god, dude. <laughs> she has a catchphrase. She always says, Zetus Lapidus. And I, I say that quite often in my own home. Oh, is that is that's that's the spell to get things to levitate, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's Lapidus, not Lapita. <laughs> <laughs> Lupitas. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's your little time capsule for 2000, where this was coming from. Now, folks, I want to start out today's episode and, and and this movie by describing that this might be. I'm going to go on record and saying this might be the most enjoyable in the Angels series. This um was quite possibly out of left field let's say keep it in a, ba in a baseball analogy as a movie that was genuinely actually not bad <laughs> like i Seriously. didn't have any moments where i was like why am i watching this because yes. it was actually kind of enjoyable absolutely i fully agree wholeheartedly like i was just watching this and every once in a while, it, it, you can tell that this film is a Disney film in the sense of it's trying to please as many people as possible. All different walks of life and, and broad genres of comedy and and also family. Uh, it's, All it, different walks it, of Christians. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still pigeonholing itself right there. But when in terms of comedy, it's like you've got stuff that's like, kind of really highbrow to stuff that belongs in a really poor Wayans movie. Yeah. So I've never seen all the way through Angels in the Infield. And I often The one we did? I'm, I'm not sorry, Angels in the Infield. <laughs> Angels in the <laughs> Outfield. Um, 
I, you know, that's the one that I admitted that um, it was Callan's first episode and neither have I. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And- I saw like an hour 10 and then they waltzed into the studio and I was like, I guess we'll record now. <laughs> my problem is, is that my frame of reference for Angels in the Outfield and why I'm not sure if I've seen it all the way through is I get it mixed up with the other two like failing baseball team movies that came out in a similar time frame and um, with the similar history mighty ducks right you no i'm that? talking strict i'm talking straight up baseball movies man oh baseball okay i okay. get i get this movie and i know they're not the same movie but in my brain my brain mixes up this and major league which is like that's not the same movie but it's not about a all. failing baseball team <laughs> okay and then What's what's that one where the kid where he, he breaks his arm and now all of a sudden he can pitch yeah. really fast? Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. I get uh-huh. that mixed up in my mind as the same movie. So I don't know if I've even seen this, like, if I've seen Angels in the Outfield or if my brain has just combined every single movie that has a baseball scene. Dude, that's it. very fair. That's extremely fair because Rookie of the Year, I think, was around the same time as Angels in the Enfield. And I could, because doesn't Rookie of the Year have that kid who uh, looks like Joseph Gordon Levitt but isn't Joseph Gordon Levitt? With the stringy hair. And you think, you, you, I, I thought he was from Mrs. Doubtfire, but he's not. He's like his best friend. You know yeah. what I'm talking about, right? And then you have the kid uh, from Rookie of the Year, the kid who breaks his arm, who was the one who uh, is the main kid who do the speech in American Pie. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that's a, and that's why it's it's so confusing because we're definitely uh, like the '90s were kind of like the heyday for baseball. Absolutely, Everyone was very much into baseball in the '90s. Down to so. the fact that this film starts off with uh, people dressed up like they're about to attend Kevin Costner's cornfield game. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good segue into this movie, actually. Yes, we are uh, in the field that is the one that they come in before he builds it. Yeah, you practice. (laughs) (laughs) If you build it, they'll be in a holding pattern. Yeah, if you don't build it, they'll just be playing baseball in heaven. Well, that's the question. Does is that just what angels do? Uh, apparently, in this series of films, all angels do is play baseball and like to think of it possibly as, teach theater later on in this. Yes, I like to think of it more as you know how they say like when when you go to hell, you live out your like nightmare forever. Like you have to yeah. do like like I guess heaven is like the complete adverse of that of like you have to live out your favorite thing every single day all the time and it's like but after like a while wouldn't you get bored of baseball (laughs) i would be so tired of masturbating let me tell you (laughs) (laughs) when are they gonna make angels in the soccer field fuck man i'm bored (laughs) angels in the bedroom (laughs) (laughs) that's a different movie come on pal we gotta get you to perform better Christopher Lloyd is still in that one. <laughs> I'm gonna plow for you. <laughs> What's wrong, kid? Get it up! Oh, no. <laughs> I'm gonna come. <laughs> yeah. So the angels are just playing there, and we're introduced to uh, what I did not know at first. I thought uh, what was going on here was more of Bob Bugler who is played by David Allen Greer in this film is basically a 
baseball player from the 1960s to the 1980, literally 1960, 1980. They made it real easy uh, for the math. But then don't know if he died before he was retired because he looks young. Damn, man, you must not have paid attention at all. What? He didn't play from 1960 to 1980. That was literally was on his like thing in Angels Stadium. That's when he was alive. Oh, yeah, he's been dead. OK, so, uh, OK, that helps me to uh, like further these questions because I'm over here being like, so what? He was in a holding pattern for like 20 years. No, man, he was fresh to play. He played his first game where he was a pitcher and then he died. Oh, so literally Angel Stadium was like, yeah, put up an entire memorial to him like that. I big? mean. I don't want to get that sad, but the Angels literally just had a player who threw like his first game and died of a drug overdose that night. So and they did put up a memorial to him. (laughs) So let's. (laughs) And that's that's quite a weird example because that's literally the Angels. (laughs) So, okay, so that clears it up a bit, I guess. But no, wait, no, he didn't play just his first game. Yes, because the article that was written about him was that he was an up and comer. Right. And then he just died. Okay. He so literally the, said he finally got his shot and then he died. So wh- how is it that Eddie knows his whole carving his initials in the mound thing later? That that That's why I needed to bring this up. Okay. I guess he didn't play his first game, but he wasn't a I star. I think he was a first season. Like he was he was fresh. He was a rookie. Yeah. It, well, he wasn't a star, though. He was, yeah. he was an up and comer. He, w- he was known, right? Because unless you're literally just somebody who I do not believe Eddie is this person. Eddie, who we're talking about, is our, our main character, guys. Uh, he's Patrick Warburton. Yeah, our star pitcher. I don't think he's the type of guy to just go researching, like, one-game people. No, no, but he's a big he's a big baseball fan. I guess as, so. As we, as we learn. So, yeah, Bob Bugler was a pitcher who died and now is in heaven, and he does not have his wings yet, and what we... I did not really grasp from this is that everybody on that bench because they have their wings, right? Yes. Um, they've all ba- is so their like Cub second- Scouts yeah. where, where you're not allowed to put a pet like the, the next patch to like go up to be a Cub Scout until you've done a good deed. Nah, man. Carol Baskins <laughs> has this thing on lock. Let me tell you, there's just <laughs> tears. First, you volunteer to be a junior angel and then you get purple angel, then blue angel. Like, so. My favorite thing about this scene, though, is that they show you Babe Ruth playing baseball right off the bat. And then they're like, yeah, you thought you were going to get Babe Ruth. Fuck it. You're going to get a Russian guy. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, what? Russians don't play baseball. Also, when you die, you just become an angel. Because that's no, because we because they introduce a character that I was not anticipating in this movie later. Who's that? The devil. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's right. Well, that's what I mean is but. Like, I'm sorry, that's not what happens, or at least what we've been promised. Angels are a completely different entity in in religion. What if? No, actually, actually, to to cap on what you're saying, um, when Babe Ruth gets struck out in this scene, he turns around to the umpire and he's like, come on, um, and he's like, don't try with me, babe. And then the umpire turns around and his jersey that he is wearing says St. Peter. Right. (laughs) <laughs> so um yeah it's 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 very interesting because apparently i guess if you just go to heaven you have the chance to be an angel but i raise you 
a remake of Angels in the Outfield. Okay. Where the angels look like the biblical description of an angel, which is like covered in fire and just a bunch of eyes, like really like <laughs> fucking terrifying. Like this, like, like if you looked at it, you would die because it's so scary. <laughs> We're here to save your marriage. Don't, don't mind my voice. Ed. This is what God gave us. Also, another question that's raised by the, or not a question, but just an interesting theme capping on the whole like 90s, late 2000s is like, was there a divorce boom? <laughs> uh, yeah. There was. Okay, because... Because remember and, Liar, Liar and all those films liar, like that? Liar, Liar, Mrs. Doubtfire, uh-huh. this movie. Funny guys that just don't cut it. Full house. Well, <laughs> Full House, the mom's dead. Um, but you That's know what I true. mean? Like, like She would have divorced Danny eventually. Yeah, really. I <laughs> You clean freak. He's fucking Joey. Um, so... <laughs> Get in the basement. Did someone say what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's a joke from the Fuller Holes um, like porn parody. That makes sense. So like because every movie from the 90s the through line plot is let's get mom and dad back together. Yes. Absolutely. Well that's what I mean is like I think I think that was going on a lot. It was let's get I'm a kid and I need to get mom and dad back together or save a whale. That would yeah. be two choices. <laughs> oh shit. So um yeah, now apparently heaven also allows you to bring uh, objects of uh, that you had from your past life that explain to the audience exactly how you died as well with the newspaper clipping. And yeah. that floats down from the sky and means nothing except for the fact that it happens to land in Angel's Stadium. I do think it's a bit dark that they showed that he died of a heroin overdose. That was pretty, that was kind of a rough uh, plot point for the movie <laughs> to go with. <laughs> So the newspaper clipping falls down on our the person who's doing the national anthem. And then we get a pan across in which the movie decides for this scene and this scene only to introduce a bunch of characters that will have no purpose other than this introduction. Are you talking about the players on the team? Absolutely. Each pan across to a player shows their internal monologue of what they're thinking during the national anthem. All this character development right here is the last time we'll get any character development except for Jacobs. Yep. So I don't even know why they did it other than for the the joke, I guess. But then our main character, Eddie, just waltzes onto the field mid-national anthem. You do get to hear uh, the catcher say, our starting pitcher, and he's not even here yet. Right. It's like... Hey, but playing for the Angels, I wouldn't show up either. <laughs> also, though, like, I, I'm really curious how the public would have responded to Eddie's cell phone protest that he does right here. Oh, yeah, that's that's brave, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, y'all in 2018 are taking a knee. Eddie's taking a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's so funny that I don't believe anybody would be this pompous but okay we get it it's for the joke right so he takes a phone call and he's trading stocks yeah (laughs) (laughs) which again plays into that whole 90s thing again of every 90s movie where the parents were divorced or were on the verge of divorce the dad was always a workaholic dad's busy yeah like a like hook Yep. Yeah, which is just yeah, Robin Williams was just a dad on the verge of divorce at all times during the yeah, 90s. Yeah, I don't know why he played like divorce dad. 
so much. Uh, I, th- I think it comes from, have you ever seen a movie called Jack? A, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a porn. <laughs> no, the movie called The World According to Garp. No, is that him? It's a yes, it's a phenomenal movie. I totally recommend it. It's a story about a woman, Glenn Close, who wants to have a child but doesn't want to be married. So she is a, a field nurse in the war, like 1940s, and has sex with a man who's like gonna die and has his child. And then it's the story who then becomes Robin Williams and his entire life of having a, a wife and then kids and then going through a divorce and like this. It's a phenomenal movie movie also that john lithgow plays drag in the entire film uh Mm. yes it's a fascinating watch but that i believe that that's what started robert williams on his arc of being uh divorced divorced dad dad, right and it carries over to eddie here because eddie he's on a he's on a cell phone he's super busy taking those calls right he's not even he can't even pay attention to the national anthem and then who can (laughs) i'm only waiting for the o part (laughs) <laughs> I, that's when i go to the bathroom at the baseball games because it's when no one's in there <laughs> you i mean you have a small bladder the game hasn't even started yet yeah it's my pre-game piss <laughs> that's fair you know it's like the trailers at movies yeah there's like a million people going to the bathroom at the seventh inning stretch i'm not going then right so um the angels suck again <laughs> they, no, 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 no! You need to stop yourself there. Why? Because I said again. Always suck. <laughs> I'm saying from the last time that we saw them in this franchise. Yeah, the only time that this team is ever good is in these movies, right? After the Angels helped them. So, Angels in the outfield was '93. Are we to assume that Eddie was a part of the first time the Angels helped? This movie would suggest so. Because he's supposed to be a has-been, and I don't think you could become a has-been at, like, after playing for two years. Okay, so so what happened there? Did the Angels lose the pennant in 92? Is that that's the, is that all um, uh, factual? Did that actually you know, happen? That's a good question. I meant to look that up. For those who, who don't know, and I know Jonathan doesn't know because he doesn't know baseball. I don't give um, a shit about baseball, just like basketball and Space Jam, guys. It's not, it's <laughs> not could, happening. I could care less about the angels because they are actually the a's rival team so i like i fucking hate the angels so yeah i think they did i think that is factual. so yeah because the movie at at what point has eddie watch his uh basically the reason why he's a shitty dad you yeah, know because he kicked the ball but the laces weren't out <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> then he became the head police officer for the miami police force it's yeah it's, it's an amazing turnaround story it's a, it's it's one of courage let me tell you <laughs> I, I guess we'll get into the whole pennant thing when we get there but what i want to bring up here is that like i said apparently from the last time that the angels the the real angels helped out the anaheim angels it looks like they suck again yeah, fans are not turning up. There's a really cool visual gag here that I'm like, oh, that's a creative way to show that fans are coming back st- staggeringly is that there's like five to six fans in entire bleacher section that have boards that if the entire section was there would create signage, you know, like yeah. a, like a logo for the angels. And uh, they're not there. But then you s- staggeringly see the, the logo build over time. I was like, that's Until a the cool- end when you see it. Yeah, yeah that's a cool bit. That's one of the things about this movie is that there's actually some cool, funny bits. There's mm-hmm. actually some good 
parts of it. It's competently filmed. Yeah. To, you know, speak on one of those points that we're going to get to is so or he receives a phone call that his ex-wife and his daughter. Yeah. Like between mid innings, like he gets this. And she basically tells him, like, she's just going to leave the kid for him. He's known as Steady Eddie because he pitches at a very steady, slow pace. So this is another gag where he literally just starts like as soon as he touches the mound, he's throwing the ball back, which I don't think you're really allowed to do. I think that's actually like against the rules. Well, there's a couple people that get introduced here as uh, before Eddie takes that phone call. Uh, of one, the coach, right? Now, the coach is this, like, cantankerous man, but doesn't, they, they don't, I, I feel like there's way more to Coach's story. He seems like an interesting person that, like, does not get enough screen time. Oh, he's based off of a, he's based off the actual coach at the time. Okay. Who three years later killed his whole family. Uh, excuse me? I'm, I'm kidding. I made all that up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't fuck with me just because I don't know baseball. <laughs> <laughs> he only... The coach is interesting, and really, he doesn't do anything throughout the whole movie. And no, the only, but I, the only reason I want to touch on him is he does have one very funny moment uh, like at, at, at the, the mound. End. Yes. Yeah, yeah okay. Yes. Yeah. And, and so we run into the coach, but then we also run into, I'd say, the, the kindest person, like, in general, like, the, uh, in this film, Kurt Fuller as Simon the agent. The agent in this movie is... Honestly, was such a shock at the type of character that he ended up being. He is the kindest human being with the with the biggest heart I have ever seen, which is so interesting because the movie constantly wants to be like <laughs> agents, lawyers, right? Fuck them, you know. Well, I mean, and you're like and, what? And even he makes jokes like that. He's like, oh, I am an agent, right? He's li- he's literally the hooker with a heart of gold. Yes, in this movie. In this scene where basically now we've reintroduced to him and he he goes on a sponsorship joke, which I love, where Eddie comes off the mound and he grabs a, a bottle and he's like, hey, 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 we lost that one. And he's like, oh, fuck that. And he like throws the fake Gatorade into the trash. And he picks another one. and He's like, ah, that one's still hanging on by a thread. So he starts yeah. drinking that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's clever is so good in this for being a child's film. I'm going to say it, man. Nobody is bad. No, not at all. So Kurt Fuller, if you're unfamiliar with him, Kurt Fuller is an alumni of the Bombs Away past episodes for being one of the assistants in The Running Man. He was also the main villain in No Holds Barred. But And then if you're still like, I haven't seen either one of those, one more... I got for you is that he's the guy who locks up the Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 and puts them in the psychiatry ward. That's all I got. You should know. If you're a fan of this this show, you should know by now. Kurt Fuller, he's great. He's amazing. What's yeah. he in currently? He's in some law show, right? Uh, he's on that evil show, which is like a weird like crime procedural, but it takes it's like oh. spooky. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. But one of the hardest working men in this film uh he, he's he's doing a great job and and so he is tasked during this time where the wife's like i'm leaving my daughter with you her father and i'm taking off to detroit i think she says for a while or or something yeah. no no she's she's a teacher at harvard she's going back uh not, not for a while but just basically saying for the for the rest of the season which is two months yeah 
So Eddie's like, I got a pitch. I got a pitch. Uh, please just give me to the end of the inning and then, you know, three strikes. And then we can talk about this. She's like, no, there's nothing to talk about. And that's why I needed to bring up Simon is because Simon gets the unfortunate task of trying to stall her, which is where another great line comes in. Oh, this is my one of my favorite lines. It's probably one of the funniest jokes in the movie. Uh, and it's but the, like I said, this movie is actually pretty good and the jokes do hit pretty hard. Yeah, but she he's grabbing her leg, trying to stop her. And she's like, if you don't let go, I'll scream. And he's like, we're in section seven. Nobody can hear you scream. And the camera pans out and there's like nobody in this entire section. And I was like, hey, bud, that's going to catch you a case. Don't <laughs> fucking say that. And then it hits uh, it hits double because she goes like, what are you doing? Like, you don't have to do this. He goes, I have to do this. She was like, no, you don't. He goes, yes, I'm an agent. After Jerry Maguire, I basically have to do this. Yes, yes. <laughs> so he winds up not being able to stall her. She gets out. Eddie runs out to the parking lot to try to catch her after he strikes out three people in a row, like super fast to the point where he's like, come on, go, let's go. Yeah. He's like, go, come on, come on. He's like rushing him to get out there. (laughs) Also, I want to bring up because it happens multiple times in this film is like, I don't know about you, but when the opposite team scores a home run, I don't think my stadium ever just puts up whoops on the scoreboard. Well, okay. So that is kind of a funny gag because it happens twice. You know, they always say comedy happens in threes. I wish it would have happened three times, but. Oh, because it does it with the wow later. He looks after they hit a home run and he goes, whoops. And then up on the screen, it says, whoops. And it happens again later in the movie when he says, wow. And it shows up behind him and says, wow. It's like, that's that's kind of funny. <laughs> Eddie said, wow, put it up on the board, guys. We got a mic straight to the mound. Yeah, it's. We got it. it, The mic's coming out of the mound, actually, so you can get those good scuffle sounds. Remember that that very small period in time when we were like, we're going to take you into hearing what the football players are saying right in the huddle. And they still do that. Do they? I thought I I thought that that went away because of like just the amount of things that nobody wanted to hear. No, they still do that in in football and uh, in basketball. They do it. They'll bring them in and they'll be like, all right, this is what we're going to do, which you just kind of touched on. Uh, like something I want to talk about later of a commercial that plays on the mound talk thing. Yeah. That I, is me and my dad's favorite commercial of all time. So I'm going to hold that for later. But do you remember when, uh, when Randy Johnson hit a bird when he pitched? Did you no. ever see that? No. Oh, dude, I'll have to send you the clip. Randy Johnson was a pitcher for the Diamondbacks and he pitched forever, but he was really good. But He threw this heater, man, and when he did, a bird flew by in front of the pitch and just happened to get caught square by the pitch. I might have seen that. It's sick. So Eddie is outside. Uh, He's with uh, Laurel, which is his daughter. She's 13, she says. I genuinely thought they were trying to pass an airport off as the outside of the Angel Stadium, but then I realized that is what the old Angel Stadium Mm -hmm. used to look like, which is so shitty. I love that there's this woman that just passes by him with her own son. And uh, I don't know, nobody would ever do this, but she just goes, thanks for ruining my son's afternoon. Right. And you're like, Jesus Christ. I also like that we, we somehow live. This movie exists in two baseball worlds, Mm -hmm. right? One baseball world where your afternoon games are done by 3 PM. Yeah. Which is like, that doesn't exist. And the, 
other baseball world where you only play home games. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I don't get that. Well, because they're all the same trope, right? Like all these baseball movies that you mentioned in the, the intro and everything like that uh, all go around the same trope of you. You play at your stadium. You have the same announcers that are like bored out of their minds and making fun of the team. You have two or three fans. This one doesn't really have any fans that stand out as being like over the top fanatics that are pissed off. You know what I mean? That that yeah. trope. Right. You don't have like a guy dressed in like grease paint in the back bleachers <laughs> like you normally do in these yeah. kind of films. But most of the tropes are fully intact here that you have in your sports movies. So it's very interesting now that the, the film would then take a left turn and be like, let's show you the home life of a single father. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, OK, let's let's do this. And these are the moments where the film lulls. And without a doubt, and you're like, just get back to either the sports or the comedy or maybe even the angels. But like they're like third place for me at this point, which is it's interesting to say for somebody who doesn't like sports is that that's coming second place right now in this film. Yeah. So we have an awkward night between Eddie and Laurel, and he's just like, uh, you're going to have to stay in your old bedroom, which is now a my gym. You know, I yeah. cl cleared out all your stuff. And uh they just have an awkward night where she goes to bed and he winds up watching the game that we mentioned before. Daddy Blue. Yep. So this is apparently an, a 1992 pennant race game that he, uh, as the pitcher in the final play, the ball was grounded to him and he fumbled, he fumbled it and did not pass it off to first base in time and wound up. They they wound up scoring and he lost the you know the game for everybody, uh, just like you said, like Ray Finkel and everybody else. Yeah, and it is kind of there's some very endearing moments in this movie. This being one of them. Yes, because he's just like so caught up in the fact that he fucked up like eight seven to eight years ago, and he's never been anything since basically, except he's still the starter starting pitcher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because usually at this point in a movie like Rookie of the Year, remember it was um. It was uh, a Busey who was all dried up. He was a dried up yeah. pitcher that was trying to like fuck the kid's mom. <laughs> I thought you were going to say fuck the kid for a second. I was like, whoa, no, ah, come over here, kid. <laughs> <laughs> he is a dried up pitcher uh, in that one. He has yeah. a big ass mustache. But uh, in this one, yeah, he's dried up, but still is a starting pitcher to this day. Uh, angels don't got much going for him, guys. Nope, never. So I love also that the cameramen in the stadium back in 92 were like, yo, get a pic, get a shot of his wife. And his wife's like, you fucking suck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like her face is just like, I, I want a divorce now. <laughs> this will sell. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Laurel sees this and feels sorry for her father, goes into her room and opens up an, a music box that plays Ode to Joy. Yeah. And she's like, mm, I'm a big fan of Clockwork Orange. <laughs> <laughs> and also, the, my next, this is my next favorite part is that, uh, is this when she prays? Yes. Yes. Um, apparently her room is in space. <laughs> like, because literally she looks out her window and it's just stars. And yeah. it's like, I... Where do you live? <laughs> like you're you're looking directly up into space from your bedroom window. <laughs> Dear Zathura, 
<laughs> oh man, a bad Jumanji. Yeah. So yeah, she prays that her dad has one last good season so that he can get his confidence back and maybe be the dad that she was hoping she would be staying with for the next two weeks. Hey God, can you help me out? I don't want to live with loser dad for the next two months. He makes me wear baseball shoes. Oh, and, and also later what is on- that? What is that? That is, that is interesting. Baseball That's what ballet flat. Right, because the next scene is the next day and she's a ballet dancer at like some prestigious class or school well, the other, or something. The other thing I was going to say that's funny is that we're going to learn in a little bit uh, in, in, the, in the progress of the film is that she's literally made fun of for that being her dad. Yes. Yes. Also, what school lets you go to there for like, do they already live in Anaheim and she never sees her dad? Or are they, did they live in New York and then moved here? Cause I don't know what school. No, no, they gonna, lived like, in Anaheim because the mom explains later on that she says, I offered for my daughter to join me. I begged her to join me and not live with what I know is her shitty father. <laughs> oh, and okay. she I was said confused. that, yes. And, and because what we learn is that, Laurel herself was like, I want to live with my father and figure out who he is. Right. Yeah. So it's like, why do you need to figure out who he is? All your friends already know because they're fucking <laughs> dogging on you. Yeah, right. He's the guy who fucking bombed. <laughs> everyone in Anaheim apparently loves baseball and everyone also bet their second mortgage on this game, apparently, because fucking everyone hates this guy like uncontrollably. Let me tell you, I don't really go around hearing people get bullied for whether or not they like the Anaheim Angels. <laughs> I'm pretty I mean, sure that's a mute point in here in Anaheim. I was going to say I bully quite a few people at work about being Anna about being Angels fans. <laughs> yeah, but is that person like, you know, the son of uh no, the pitcher? No, no, no. 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 You wouldn't also, do the that. Angels, the Angels have a different team I, name. Well, now, wait a minute. It was ridiculous. I'm so. wrong. You would do that. You would I would do that. I would bully some. I'd be like, your dad sucks. He's on the Angels. <laughs> <laughs> also, we failed to mention that they have a major team rival that I did not know was in MLB. I okay, listen, here's here's the problem. I had the dumbest fucking moment of my life. No, you didn't. You did not. Th what I think you're going to say, because you probably had the dumbest fucking moment of your life. I too. didn't. I didn't. If we if if go on, go on. I was like. The Devils? I've never fucking heard of that team. <laughs> and then realized the literally devils. three quarters of the way through this film, when the devil does show up, spoilers, <laughs> that it was just a team created to be the juxtaposition of the angels. <laughs> uh, I was like, I'm dumb as shit for thinking <laughs> that this was an actual team that I had forgotten about. I really wish the Stingrays would have been the rivals. Oh, God, the Rays. <laughs> Just flapping around. Well, okay. And also the other thing, too, is that only three teams exist in this world. Well, that's MLB the thing. In this movie. It's the Orioles. Which I was happy about. Devils. I'm like, hell yeah, home base right in this movie. Like, if, if you're going to show a team, might as well have been that. The Orioles are pretty good at this time, too, because um, yep. what's his butt? Cal Ripken was on the team still. This is right before he left. Yep. yep. And uh, But then also, the uh, as they keep calling them, because I... I have this interesting feeling because they don't show anything of it. Later in the movie, when they play the Red Sox, mm -hmm. they keep calling them the Red Hot Red Sox. 
even when it does not fit the theme anymore because they are not red hot at the end of the movie. I have. A I feeling, really like them when they were the Mike and Ike <clears throat> Red Sox. <laughs> I have a feeling that they could not get the rights for the Red Sox. Oh no! In this film. For sure, no. I don't understand why it's so hard to get archival footage of a sports game that's already passed. Because because the teams um, the teams own the the rights to their team names and their team look. I absolutely understand that, but if it's if it's archival footage that you do not intend to like doctor in any way, then I don't understand why that's not something that is kind of like free to use in the world. You know, it's kind of like a news report, like, you know, how movies will insert real footage of like Obama or past presidents in order to get the point across of trying to ground it in more realism. Well, yeah, but that's because that that person is not a a trademarked icon. Right. That's why it's it's the same thing as like, okay, just because a Mickey Mouse cartoon is old doesn't mean you can just put Mickey Mouse in. your movie. No, 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 not not that way. I just mean like it's it's an odd thing to me that I've always found in sports movies that actual games that we're trying to place in there as a foundation for reality and grounding it like we did in this film with the two or three pieces of Oriole footage. Why this isn't something where sports teams, unless you're making them look bad, you know, maybe they get final approval, but I think movies and sports teams should join up a little bit more and being like, yeah, use that. What are you talking about? You're talking about when Boston won? Yeah. You know, and some they'll do that a lot. You know, but I think it should just be more relevant or like yeah, I just equally think it, I readily think it might available. Be super expensive, of course, because, because everything is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, at this point in the film, we learned that Eddie lost the race, and Laurel is being bullied at school due to that fact. Yeah, everyone loves uh, the angels at this school, including the ballet bullies but also like <laughs> her father has provided her with baseball shoes so like what is a girl to do like of course you're gonna get bullied her ballet shoes are made out of the leather of baseballs and nobody addresses this in the film i thought it was just a visual gag because it never comes up again. never ever again but i'm sorry to say like if you showed up with that you're probably gonna get picked on do you know what's my favorite part about this, though, is that, like everyone shits on her and like, what are you shitting on her about? Like, haha, your dad's a multimillionaire. I know, right? <laughs> like, like, your dad lives in a two story apartment. Haha, your dad didn't create Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's Jeff Bezos. I haven't seen him since I was born. Can't you tell I have a lazy eye? can't you tell i'm a piece of shit (laughs) yeah laurel is practicing ballet and then out of nowhere a man drops from the sky yes uh it looks almost the same as when leprechaun falls out of that hotel room (laughs) in leprechaun 3 and the thing is that if you saw a man drop from the sky wouldn't you immediately be like holy fucking shit somebody just committed suicide (laughs) <laughs> it's repair it's repair man 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 <laughs> like immediately i would i'd be freaking out but she's just kind of like what the hell was that right <laughs> and the teacher's like did you did you say something did you say anything wrong and she's like no nothing right only this black man that just committed suicide and then stood <laughs> up and is pointing at me right now like nobody points it out 
like they should when they should. It's always delayed. Like she winds up talking to David Allen Greer as an angel for like the rest of the day before eventually getting into the car into this next scene. Yeah. So she sees this man fall from the sky and then she proceeds to go to lunch. Yeah. Uh, seeing a man kill himself makes me hungry. Too. <laughs> I was I was starving after that one scene in Tiger King when the guy shot himself in the head. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, and, and they go to lunch and that's where they're they're, they're like, <clears throat> oh, Laurel, your dancing is just about as good as your dad's pitching. Right. And I'm like, well, Laurel, that's up to you to take offense to that, because I'd be like, my dad's pitching is fucking amazing. Who's your dad pitch for? Uh, my other dad? That's right, I have two dads, you homophobe. <laughs> yeah, right? So, the bully tries to pour orange juice on Laurel, and this is where Bob, invisibility-wise, reaches up and plugs the juice from coming out of the cup, and it's just over Laurel's head, plugged up, invisible, and then gets, like, pushed, her arm gets taken, and she winds up hovering it over her head and then he releases his other hand and it pours all over her then she tries to put spaghetti in laurel's chest and that gets like force pushed into somebody else and and basically what i'm trying to dis- to figure out in this film is that this is the start of a whole case of hauntings in anaheim and i'm not sure why nobody is called ghost adventures yet no, nah, dude, the, the Warrens are on their way right now to, to scam everyone out of their money and pretend that they saw a ghost named Valak. <laughs> yeah, okay, because this happens. We have a man that floats across the field later on in the film. Well, that is addressed, and then no one cares. Yeah, no, but immediately. If we're saying not. that this movie exists in the same universe as Angels in the Outfield, then they've already seen a bunch of weird shit. <laughs> that is whatever. true. Uh, yeah, ghosts are just real at this point. So, yeah. So, yeah, they pick on her, and then Simon picks her up from school. And is yes. like, I'm going to take you to the game, because that's your dad's playing today. So this is where Bob then reveals himself to Laurel in the backseat of the car. Why would you pick this time? Oh, yeah, I know. And then... Like, let's let's look, make her look crazy. But the, but this is what I love about this is that she is like talking to him and the agent is just like, what are you doing? She's like basically laying out for him that she's talking to an angel, essentially. Yes. And he's like, oh, cool. Does he need an agent? Like he's literally just like on board mm-hmm. instantly. Yes. The whole idea. And that's the thing throughout this movie. There's going to be parts where like. He completely only interacts with Laurel, right? As Laurel is either talking or interacting with the angels. And this guy is so on board of being like, okay, this girl has some major problems because of her father. And I'm just going to like be like, yeah, go, go imaginary angels. Go whatever this girl says because she needs a friend. Yeah, he's he's a great character. And he's literally just like. It's it's so I don't know. He's Agents the dad she shit. deserves. Yeah, that's true. That's really <laughs> true. Really true. So yeah, he goes along with it as Bob is revealing himself to her in the back seat. Uh, then uh, he should not be revealing himself to her in the back seat. That's that's gonna catch you a case as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then they Simon takes her into the stadium to buy some hot dogs before the game, and this is the part where 
Bob goes, I, I, I can prove it. I'm an angel. You're not seeing things. And I'm like, I don't think if this is the way that you should prove yourself. Yeah. Is by to just <laughs> yeah. make her see more crazy shit. Yeah. As a 13 year old, as a 13 year old, I'd be like, mom, I need help. <laughs> uh, today I saw a white man turn into a black man before my eyes and then he turned into a mom and then he turned into like little man from like the Wayans movie. God damn it. I was just going to say <laughs> the mom would just be like, you just watched a Wayans movie. That is literally the plot of um, white chicks, <laughs> little man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Big Mama's house. And Big Mama's house. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> or, that's not a Wayans movie, but. Or any Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yes. Because Dave and Alan Greer in this part turns into the hot dog guy. Yep. And it starts going. And you you heard it in our theme song intro. He's like, uh, you want onions on that? We got onions, but they kind of stink. They can smell bad. <laughs> right. You're like, I guess that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then. A woman becomes David Allen Greer, like, and and she has like a like a bonnet on or some sort of hat. Look, oh, a big like church hat, you know, like yeah. a Sunday hat. And he's like, mm, ah, go ahead and get the onions, girl. They okay, but they make my poop smell. And you're like, what? This movie just made an abrupt turn in comedy. Uh, no, she says they make me poop. Oh, they make me poop. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then. And then the baby in the carriage that she's pushing becomes David Allen Greer, too. And, and he's like, give me some of that titty milk. It's a weird turn <laughs> in the humor. It's quite adult. But like we said, there's something for everyone in this. <laughs> I'm baby Herman, the black one. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, my black, black baby Herman. <laughs> you got it all wrong. The rabbit's innocent. <laughs> free roger <laughs> yeah so that all happens while the child lies to kurt fuller and is like hey there really are angels watching and you should go confess your sins to the mustard container over there because that's where he's standing yes and then uh it's another set of really good humor where he's facing the wrong direction he's not looking at the angel and all this kind of stuff it's it's like I said, a lot of this movie works, and that's that's the worst part about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Especially, like we said, it's the third in something that should have worked the first time, and yet it works better than the other two. Yep. So this is where they're actually playing the Crimson Devils, and we have this Terry Crews-looking guy. This is another very sports cliche is like have one like bruiser like just giant man like jaws from james bond of a man that will always be the batter to a pitcher like that is our hero he will always yeah. be like this this unknown villain who's not really a villain he's just a good sports player that the movie paints as a villain until literally he's you know i'm saying in the cliches in this film yeah, he literally signs his soul over to the devil to get steroids. But yeah, that was that was an interesting turn that this movie took where he actually signed a pact with the actual devil written in blood. I was like, oh, oh my holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> like this just got dark. So Bob is like, hey, I'm going to prove it to you. We're angels. We're going to save the day. And this is where our second haunting comes into play. Oh, yeah, because an angel comes down from the sky to try to help save a catch 
picks a man up and then I'm pretty sure that man goes all the way from the infield to the back padding wall and crashes and probably has a broken neck now. He's dead. Yeah, fully <laughs> dead. Everybody's like, did you just see that? I just saw that. Okay, cool. Moving on. Yeah, I mean, the the the, the sports announcers are just like, that was weird. Right? Anyway, nobody, the angels suck. No, yeah, nobody addresses it. Uh, when When the coach in the next scene tries to give a pep talk of like in your you think he's going to be like what the fuck did i just see instead he's like we got 14 games to win this <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm thinking about this right now right like we currently live in a world filled with tragedy but i'm so happy that god is sending angels to help a baseball team win a game to like reunite a father and daughter it's really where the efforts of god should be put uh, all the time do you think like 9-11 could have been stopped if there were some angels in the cockpit, but they were too busy helping like a hockey team win. And they were like, oh, shit. Oh, they don't do hockey. Bad. They said they don't like hockey in this oh, film. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, absolutely. If a couple uh, if a couple of angels would have just like pushed that plane a little bit off to the left, we would have been just fine. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> angels. Angels in the cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> so the angels reveal themselves to be second string angels to Laurel. And they're like, we've actually never done this before. Uh, we're not the ones that saved like back in 93, I guess. And we, we need help and we need a manager as well. So maybe you could, you could like really help us find a manager. And, and this is, this is a very interesting turn too, because Laurel thinks in some crazy way that she is going to be able to actually tell the truth in this situation and her dad is going to, one, believe her, and two, actually take her seriously. Yeah, she tells her dad that there's angels and that they need a manager for their team. And, and tells just, her about Bob Bugler. Yeah, and he's just like, uh, you ever wonder why I left you with your mom for 13 years? <laughs> yeah, he has an awful response. He's like, you know, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but the 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 gist of it basically was like, Hey, um, yeah, remember every single time that you think that you want to say the phrase, I need your help, you should probably rephrase it so it sounds like, how can I help myself? And you're like, fuck, goddamn, Joe. Like, I'll remember that next time we need to lift you up off the porch. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> uh, Peter, I, uh. I, I do love Patrick. We haven't really discussed it. We're an hour in and like how much I do love him in and almost everything I've ever like experienced Patrick Walburton in. Warburton. Walburton? Warburton? War. Ah, uh, war. He's not a wall, Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hey, it's me, Patrick Wahlberg. <laughs> Yo, Peter, where'd you get the Petercopter? <laughs> Imagine if Pat, uh, Mark Wahlberg was the voice of Joe. <laughs> Look at me, I'm a, I'm a fucking cripple. What do you want from me? <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I, I loved him in everything, man. Even down to, you know, soaring across California. Uh, I was just going to say soaring over California's safety video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, this, uh, Men in Black 2, like he's just always kind of been the same. Like you, you can't get away with basically saying like, yeah, we want you to be you like it's very much like that other guy from everybody loves raymond 
Oh, Brad Garrett. Yes, Brad Garrett, right? Where they're I mean, like, we just want cast, your voice, Brad. Wait, that's all we want. he was cast for the role of a lifetime when they cast him as Eeyore in Christopher Robin. Oh, I thought you were going to say as one of the Tiki heads at Night at the Museum. That was also really good. <laughs> a, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, I just really love him in this in, in this role as I've loved him in most other things. Uh we're talking about Patrick here. But this is this is brutal. <laughs> just being like, yeah, I'm an asshole. Yeah. Learn to rephrase your questions and uh go fuck yourself. So now Laurel is like, okay, I'm going to try to manage these angels. Where I'm like, manage the angels? Like, and we're not talking about the Anaheim angels. That's God's job. Okay, because th- that's what they say. The, she's like, all right, guys, could you please help out? And, and, and Bob is just like, they're not really used to, like, nice managers. So it's like, damn, is God mean? God's a fucking hard ass. God's like, we've got fucking miracles to take care of here. We've got things to happen. Or not, really. Like, I don't know. But it's got a hard ass? He must be, the way that they talk about him. It's just such a weird, like, turn that the movie takes where it's like, they're not used to nice managers. Like, whoa. It's like, little Timmy's got cancer. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to help that baseball team. You're damn right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, angels, we got a lot of miracles to produce today, so you're all just going to have to social distance, stay six feet apart, wear your masks. Listen, they've uh, they've marked us as essential workers. I'm sorry, so you're just going to have to keep it on. (laughs) You're going to go ahead and keep sending everything that those prime buttons push. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's God for you. So we get a montage of, of of things like she's getting better with the team. Like, I don't know who thought it was OK to pitch a ball in the house in order to, like, practice Eddie's pitch. But you probably one shouldn't do that. And two, right in front of an antique pinball machine. Yeah, I really like that pinball machine, too. Like, that's a nice set piece. <laughs> I hope it was taken care of after. <laughs> this is also where we had another scene where the girl is out being like, oh, we've also had a scene where Eddie and her were playing with dolls and he was teaching her the strategy of baseball. Yeah. And then so so that's the way that he developed. Uh, oh, he also bought her a room at this time or not yet. No, but it's coming up. Yeah, because this is the whole montage. He's just becoming a better father, but it's very exasperated. Like, it's very fast. Well, yeah, and it's also, I don't know, it's kind of interesting because it kind of shows to you that, like, he's actually not really an asshole. He just doesn't know how to be a dad yet. He's also hella busy, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Well, that is the thing for me about this movie and about, like, Hook and about all these things. You know, I understand that it's a hard job to be a parent but like damn man if your dad's a baseball player he's not gonna be around a lot i get like can't choose your career over your family but like fuck man yeah (laughs) if you're making millions of dollars like you know you're right and you're you're absolutely right and every baseball wife should understand that oh jesus (laughs) welcome to incel corn that's right Fuck, man. She's, he's making millions of dollars, and what are you supposed to do all day? Divorce you're him? A, what, you're a Harvard teacher? God. Fuck you. Oh, what are you going to do? You're going to divorce the funny guy so you can just fuck James Bond all day? Yes. Yes, actually, because that's a good choice. <laughs> I know, right? Like, look at Robin Williams in that film and look at Pierce Brosnan. 
He's like, I do a good impression of a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> now, Judge Doom shows up. Oh my god, yes. If you guys were not expecting this movie to take a very odd, dark turn, I'm sorry, but it's about to. Because the literal fucking devil shows up. Yep. Some old, white-bearded guy shows up in a trench coat. He's looking like the shadow. And he <laughs> just sits down and begins to, like, start, like full black, guys. Uh, and it's very obvious of who he is, even though he does not reveal his horns, like, immediately. <laughs> I mean, he basically does reveal him immediately <laughs> because he's watching the Angels versus the Orioles game that we mentioned. And this is when you have Eddie, who is like, I don't know if I believe all this. And Laurel's like, you got to believe. And this is where we first see the instance of the iconic wing flap from the first movie. Oh, God. Yeah. So she's doing that wing flap. And then the first ball that Eddie pitches is like 102 miles an hour. Yeah, which, okay, so here's the thing. Um, one, it's, it makes the glove smoke. Which I don't, I, like, is it going uh, through the- Hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. The second pitch, it catches the glove on fire. Now listen, I'm not trying to take the piss out of a visual gag, right? But there is a lot of pitchers out there who throw- a hundred miles an hour occasionally. And it's really not that big of a fucking thing. <laughs> like it's it's cool when they do it and you're like, oh holy shit, a hundred miles per hour. But it's not gonna catch your glove on fucking fire. Seriously, dude, I don't think that you understand how physics work. There is a there are enough air friction in the air for something to actually rub against the air and explode into flames. That's just oh, pure science, fool. Spontaneous combustion. <laughs> I see. Well, I see. Well, it's not spontaneous. Like, it's because it traveled through the air with so much force and vigor that it caught the air like follicles, you know, which it, which we're talking about dust, dirt. Hold on. Did you say air follicles? Follicles. Yeah. Because I was going <laughs> to say, I was going to say, damn, dude, because I was going to, I was going to say fart. <laughs> <laughs> they may, you know, Jonathan pretty good with science they might put you on the white house team of advice hell for the yeah president. everybody everybody always says i'm pretty good at this why didn't i become this why didn't i become <laughs> this yeah i'm just saying it could do that you know that right and that's why nobody questions the fact that a ball is on fire right now in a man's glove yeah everyone's just like oh that's pretty cool and they bring a fire extinguisher out and it's like get back game on <laughs> this is when the devil is accosted by a man selling hot dogs when he's like, oh, you, you got a little sunburn because he's all red. And then he takes his hat off and shows his horns. And the guy's <laughs> like, that's fucking gross, dude. <laughs> like, you fucking freak. Honey, this man's doing something weird in his trench coat. <laughs> that's that's accurate. Uh, it, I mean, it's it's just a weird thing to have the devil get introduced into these series of movies. We already had the like, if you believe we only had like one or two sets of prayers in these films, but we never had the actual dichotomy between good versus evil until now. Well, that's what I was going to ask is have these movies been overtly this Christian before? Because no. this one is like Christian. It tried to at least the first theatrical film to my recollection of what I saw, because I think I saw right up until the courtroom scene, they basically were like, you got to have faith. Yeah. 
But this movie's straight up just like, if you don't believe in God, you will never be good at baseball. That's true. Uh, <laughs> it's just like very interesting. Because uh, Eddie believes and he winds up hitting a third strike here that blows the catcher and the umpire. That is my favorite part. It throws them back like eight feet. Right? And at this point, if I was a, a person uh, attending the game, I'd be like, uh, holy shit, Eddie has become a madman. He, he has lit a ball on fire and he has now grown super strength and he must be stopped yeah we must <laughs> stop this man yeah so they win the game and satan is boiling mad he boils his coat <laughs> yeah, right which as we all know that is going to taste awful later yeah now it's all flat so now we're cut over to the crimson devils and that star player that we told you about He's practicing after the game. It's dark. It's just him. And the devil comes in and is like, I have a letter for you. And the guy is just like, doesn't even ask any questions. He's uh, he's like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll sign it. <laughs> right. What kid do I have to sacrifice? He literally opens his trench coat and takes out a minute. His dick. No. <laughs> uh, why? Also, why is the dr devil dressed like like the symbol for uh, neighborhood watch? <laughs> 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 the devil does have a good line here though when he shows up there's like thunder and lightning and he's like excuse the theatrics are you it's a like, mr marty mcfly <laughs> <laughs> this is for you <laughs> i have instructions to deliver this letter for you at this exact date at this exact minute 1955 because <laughs> that's what he looks like he looks like like the western union guy for the end of part two who opens and takes a letter and gives it to the villain well, villain you know, the, the Crimson Devil's player. So he sells his soul to the devil, and the devil's like, I have demons that can help you. And three demons pop up, and they're all uh, with the number six on their back. Yeah. That's not I, how baseball numbers work. <laughs> no. No, that would be more like a football number. Yeah. Yeah, that's how Edgar Allan and Poe do it for the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah at this point in the game not in the game in the movie we're back to lauren's problem with her ballet class so lauren i guess quit for being bullied yeah this is where i was kind of confused because it comes off that she quit but then it also comes off that she was kicked off the team we either missed a scene or missed a piece of dialogue somewhere you know between her and dad or something because like i was very confused but she's like i want to rejoin the class and the teacher's like i'm sorry that's impossible right and you're like is it how much did she miss honestly well the teacher also bet her life savings on that baseball game so she's she's just like fuck you and your dad <laughs> that's true but she's like, no, please let me perform. Like, let, let let me back in. She's like, do you have a routine prepared? And I'm like, what? There's like a audition now to get back in, like, <laughs> right? And I'm like, how could she have a routine prepared when she is taking the same class as them? Wouldn't that be like the final project or something? Yeah. Well, it sounds like to me, it sounds like they were doing auditions anyway for this uh this like big recital. Yeah. And then she was just like, well, if you have a routine to perform this big recital, then do it now because that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, but that won't be the one that you actually perform at the recital, though. Remember that. It's very much like Glee. 
No, because you know, <laughs> like, that, you're going to perform you... a bunch of songs throughout the entire season that nobody will see. Because what you're going to do he- here right now is actually horrifying. Yes. And uh, because she does it to In the Jungle, you know, the that only makes me think of um, forever. Since the first time I saw it when I was a child, it only makes me think of Ace Ventura. Uh, it, it really does. <laughs> but But instead, what it does is make you think of Beetlejuice <laughs> because yes this scene yes that's all yes. this this scene is doing is ripping off Beetlejuice because she's literally flying <laughs> she's more than flying what happens is in the jungle starts playing right and she starts mouthing it just like Catherine O'Hara with oh yes yep. and then like her body becomes almost and like bravo to the girl because it almost feels like she is is being controlled by something else as she dances a little bit. Yeah, like it, it was it was good. I was like, it, it feels just like Beetlejuice. I'll tell you that. So if that was your intention to rip that off, I've, I it was good because she starts dancing and then the other girls in synchronized choreography start singing their parts. The music teacher starts singing that operatic high part. Yeah, like the uh, the interlude. It's it's crazy. It's a lot of fun, but you're like, what the fuck movie? What is this? Yeah, where did this come from? And how does anybody explain this haunting? They just keep going. Nobody explains this haunting. Jesus Christ. The OC Ghostbusters need to get there. You just explained it right now. I did? Yeah. What? Jesus Christ. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, that happens, and it ends with Laurel actually flying, I guess, through the roof, because she just flies off screen. Like, it was a wide shot, and she flew up off screen. So, that's a thing. And she's back in the ballet squad, I guess. So, yes, this is the part where Eddie buys Laurel her own furniture. And I'm almost kind of like, why didn't you just take your daughter shopping for what she really wanted? You're at that really weird age where you're like, maybe you shouldn't buy her like doll furniture. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Nice sentiment. I get the surprise, but I think she probably would have been like, oh, I'm spending time with my dad and I get to pick out my furniture. That would have been a better job, Eddie. Without a doubt. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's you know, it's endearing. Yes. Um, Things are going a lot better for him and her Mm -hmm. um, and for him playing baseball. Yep. Um, because now we're going through those 14 games that would have gotten them to the pennant or not. In this time, we have a scene. Well, okay, so this is this is the thing that's interesting, is it's 14 games out of the wild card. Right. Which means they have to play a wild card game. Mm-hmm. And they never establish that they played a wild card game. They just win the pennant at the end of the movie. Spoilers, sorry. But they never play the wild card game. Right. They just Which is like... I mean, and it's like, no, technically you're 15 games out from the pennant because you have to win the wild card. game. But uh, due to the angel rules, you know that angels cannot participate in championships. So I guess it, it doesn't really make any sense to go any further. I, well, <laughs> I mean, he literally could still lose and their family's destroyed. Yeah. The game at the end that they play that they against the devils is the pennant game right to win the al west pennant right which is like that hold on that doesn't make any you still got a ways to go well yeah you still have the like they're like it's the championship it's like 
while yes, this is a championship, this is not the championship. <laughs> this is, you know, this just means you're going to go a little further for now. Right. Here's your second place trophy. Basically. <laughs> so he goes to his next games, the montage of like players and, and the goofy things that are happening, which isn't a lot. No, but there is one haunting thing that happens. I think we're right here at it. Yes. Where Laurel is like, hey, dad, you need to put Jacobs in. And they're like, Jacobs, the uh, the hard R, <laughs> basically. Oh, they yeah. Are- yeah, they're like, he has the worst. He has the worst batting well, average in the ma- in Major League Baseball. Yeah, they're treating him like like a, a special person, you know. Like, yeah. and the, the movie kind of portrays him that way too, right? In in, in being like, I, I smell my feet, right? Because that's what he's doing over there in the mound. He's picking yeah. his feet through his socks and then smelling it. Yep. And I'm like, okay, I, I get it. This person is special. Yeah. And uh, so they put Jacobs in. And God damn it, movie. A lady angel gets in him, you guys. And he grows tits. He grows tits and he, he gets a female voice. Well, you need, to, you, you need to understand that behind every man, there's a great woman. And how were we going to portray that unless we actually gave him the tits to do it? <laughs> I was, to be completely honest... I was genuinely confused as to why there was like a leak of their own ghost <laughs> up until this point where I was like, we could have done without the leak of their own ghost. <laughs> the only reason there's a woman baseball player ghost in this movie is so that they can have this weird gag where this guy grows tits. What? Like that's, that's the only reason she's in this. But angels, there's no angels in baseball. Oh God. <laughs> he grows breasts and the breasts give him the ability to knock a home run out the park which and everyone is like right. shocked that he has big old titties too yeah <laughs> uh steroids are really kicking in and i guess nobody cares <laughs> his balls shrunk and they went straight to his chest <laughs> i i don't understand why the breast augmentation needed to be in this movie but cool i'm glad i saw it <laughs> it's disturbing, but I, I, I'm glad I, I had another stat to be able to really dive deep into in the intro there. Now we get what is one of my favorite is that Eddie has been humming that Ode to Joy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and he calls the catcher up for like a, like they do right you now. And he's up there and he's like, hey, what's up, Eddie? And he's like, you know that song? That song. You know the- What's that song from uh from uh Face like, Off? Mm, 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 no, no, that's Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, he's he's uh, like from Die oh, Hard, I mean, Die Hard. Beethoven's Ninth, also known as Ode to Joy. Right, that's like, what they really say. Yeah, that can't get it out of my head. And then everyone else starts coming to the mound and starts giving their input on how they feel about classical music yeah, he, and Beethoven in general. No, Mozart, no, Mozart's where it's at, man. Mozart's the bomb. And then the coach comes out and he's like, "What are you guys crazy?" Schubert. Just like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like because you now, think he's going to come out to yell at them and that's why the what are you guys crazy is such like a, a very important part to the punch to me yeah (laughs) it's like so yeah they're all out in this mound discussing this it's this it is crazy plays into i laughed so much harder at this scene because as i said at the top of the episode there was this commercial that my dad and i love 
we we still refer to it to this day. It was when the Frutista Freezes had just come out at Taco Bell. And it's a baseball mound. It played during the World Series, and that's why it was a baseball sketch. The coach walks out, and they're, like, having a thing, and he's like, what's going on, ding-dongs? They literally just, like, mouthed over an actual, like, mound <laughs> meeting. Okay. And he's like, what's going on, ding-dongs? Hurry up and get this game over. Don't you know Frutista Freezes are two-for-one at Taco Bell today? <laughs> All right, good game. He pats him on the butt, and he walks off, and that's the commercial for the Frutista Freezes. <laughs> It's good. It just like fucking kills me every time I think about it. So when I thought, saw this, I was like, oh, Frutista freeze time. So they're they're winning and the there's this host that we haven't actually brought up yet, but he's the host of the a sports center essentially. Baseball tonight, right? And yeah. his name is Dexter Deegan. We don't we don't have to go into it too much, but all you need to know is he fucking hates Eddie hates him every single time that there's something to talk about eddie whether it's good or bad he's gonna talk shit he's like well never mind you wouldn't get that reference (laughs) he's like charles barkley with the warriors but you wouldn't get that okay that's that's how he is he's literally always like the warriors they won't do anything this season and then they like win and he's like i'll I'll stand by it (laughs) so dexter he's always ragging on on eddie And I guess Bob has had enough and is like, you know what? I'm going to influence. He's like, you know what? Have you guys seen Bruce Almighty? Not yet. It doesn't come out yet. But basically, they're going to rip off this scene specifically. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it is, where you have a news anchor who is doing the news where somebody else of, hmm, I don't know, religious abilities <laughs> is controlling yep. them off camera, making them look like an asshole on camera, like they do to Steve Carell in that movie. It's a very odd, because like, yeah, I don't think Bruce Almighty was out. No, I think Bruce Almighty, if my memory serves correctly and I can verify it, Bruce Almighty was 2003. Mm, they've got some explaining to do on that. Uh-huh. And I am correct. Bruce Almighty, 2003. Speaking of uh, movies that are far more Christian than you remember them being, Bruce Almighty. I mean, the <laughs> movie was shit. about him becoming God. What, yeah, I mean, it's what more than that, want? man. It's more than that. It could just be about a man becoming God. It's about a man coming to Christ. Like, he literally is like, yeah, God's good now. Like, like that, that's wild. Yeah. And he does make Jennifer Aniston's boobs bigger. So, you know what? Let's give him a, you know, let's give him that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Dexter here in this scene, Bob from not even in the same studio, just from across the airwaves, I guess, forces uh, Dexter to pick his nose in both nostrils, with both fingers on air. And then which the only great payoff to this really is that in the next time we see him, which is like a scene from now, Dexter is at the locker room and he's like, I am Dexter Deegan. And below him, there is a title bar that says Dexter Deegan nose picker. Yes. And he's also like traumatized because <laughs> he's scared he's going to do it again. Right. Because I mean, wouldn't you, 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 it, that's the funny part is Dexter seems to be the only person who lives in our reality 
as as an yes. audience, right? Who's just like, I think that I just had like my nervous system shut down or something, or just yeah. I think I'm having a stroke because he doesn't know what happened to him, which is the appropriate response. So obviously they win the 14 games. Yes. Uh, you knew that was going to happen. And the relationship between Eddie and his daughter has never been stronger. But here's the problem. Eddie promises his daughter that he will be at the game or at, at her recital. Yes, at, at her and ballet it's, recital. It's the Orange County recital. <laughs> yes, and it is the same night as the championship game for the pennant. Well, well, he's like my game is during the day, so I should be able to come to your thing uh in the afternoon. Yes. And then the devil and Bob have a chat. And the, and yes. Bob's like what are you doing here, man? Like they're old friends and I'm like, "What? I thought you were second string, Bob. Why are you on a first name basis with Lucifer?" I mean, he was an angel. <laughs> yeah, but like I get what for those 20 years. No, the the devil was. I know, you know but not like, hey. not during the time of Bob. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> That's what I mean, because Bob doesn't even have his wings yet. No, he doesn't. Uh, the bells have not rung for him, sir. <laughs> <laughs> now, they have a chat, and he's like, devil, what are you doing, man? And he's like, you know, like, I'm the devil. I've got to cheat. And you're like, all right, I guess. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm going to be honest. I think you're all cheating. Yes! <laughs> like, I think there's some, like, I don't think this is on the up and up. Right? Because, like, Bob's like, come on, man. I'm cheap because, like, people need to have, like, you know, like, stable lifestyles. And, like, we're going for that whole, like, real, very Christian thing. You know, like, two-parent household here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you cheat because, like, I don't know, reality. Yeah, <laughs> you cheat because, um the same reasons i guess yes. <laughs> right because we're both from the same made-up fairy tale story so yeah and it's it's just such an odd like listen the devil only i can cheat because my cheating is good and moral and wholesome absolutely now the devil is like he's like don't you do it man he thinks he's gonna kill eddie which is basically what happened to Tony Danza in the first movie is that Tony Danza was going to get cancer after the like the season was over. So he's like, yeah. don't you do it. I was like, damn, they're going to kill Eddie again. Right. But no, the devil's like, I don't even have to touch him. And you're like, OK, all right, moving, moving on. I know how this movie's going to end, so I'm not even scared by that threat, you know? <laughs> yeah, but it is kind of interesting what he ends up doing, because uh, because Eddie is totally holding out hope that the game will finish before his daughter's recital starts because she's doing two dances and he wants to see both. And then the devil creates a rain delay. The devil decides that at the same time that he's going to stall this game, he's going to help an entire group of people rob a bank during a hurricane. <laughs> because this is the craziest storm i have ever seen in anaheim <laughs> i straight up would have been like yeah games canceled this is fucked up <laughs> <laughs> like the whole city would be shut down by this amount of wind and weather and storm but yeah that delays the game in which then delays eddie to get to the recital 
and Laurel is like, I, I guess I got to go on. I was supposed to wait for my dad. And you're like, that's not how it works. They tell you to go on when they tell you to go on. Yeah. But then it's a cute moment. She messes up a little okay, bit. Okay, I then, do like this. Behold, her dad comes in and she fucking crushes it. But then he's in the back doing the wing flap. Yeah. And I do. I do really like this moment. You're absolutely right. So then she's like, well, the recital's three hours long. And it's like, oh, fuck. So they fast forward everyone. Even her performance gets fast forwarded. Also, this is where Simon is tasked to go and help stall the game. And this is where I was like. Did we miss a scene where Simon got brain damage? Yeah, because he spray paints his own glasses. Yes, he's like he tries to spray paint this security camera and winds up holding the nozzle of the spray paint the wrong way and sprays it in his eyes and somehow doesn't know. Hey, brother, we've all been there. <laughs> but like you didn't know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I've never done that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not movie stupid. Right. Um, but yes, yeah, spray paints his entire glasses black. And like now he has raccoon eyes as well and proceeds to like go through the rest of his scenes that way blind and doesn't acknowledge it. No, until at the end when he like shows up to give them a ride to the game and he's like, I know a shortcut and he walks into a post and they're like, I'll drive. He's <laughs> just like. Okay. Yeah, he was like, I'll drive, I know a shortcut, and smash. And you're like, you were gonna drive? What? Did you drive here to begin with? So they can't spend three hours watching this recital. So Bob decides to put it all on fast forward. Yeah, and everyone moves fast, and then they like... It- <laughs> It's just so stupid. This is this is the this is the one moment of the movie where I was like, "All right, you've lost me. This is kid movie bullshit." Yeah, because I, in my mind, I go, "Well, did everybody watch it on fast forward, or no, do, because, are they remembering it as normal?" No, they're remembering it as fast forward because, as we see, when Eddie's daughter goes up there and performs her thing, it goes too fast forwarded, and she blows through it really fast, and everyone's kind of like, "Huh." And then that's that. Yeah. So that's what I mean. I, I guess they did see it on fast forward. Yeah. And it, it, part of me is kind of like, man, you might as well have not shown up. Well, how is no other parent being like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> My kid worked so hard for this. <laughs> Why is everybody on fast forward? God, like- comes da- God comes down. He's like, listen, I know Jeanette trained very hard, but... Eddie's daughter needs to see him win a baseball game so his family can get back together. So I I hope you understand. Um, praise be to Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, God, where were you when my, my son died of leukemia at three? Well, that was my will. That, that was my will. If you, if you read it, like, I mean, you know, when I die, you'll see it. I have a whole will and it explains everything. <laughs> also, uh, I, I gotta go. <laughs> I here uh by in this will leave all my possessions to the holy ghost jesus, <laughs> jesus is like what the fuck <laughs> i in this will will die for your sins anyway peace out <laughs> uh so now they get to the game and what we haven't mentioned is that eddie's wife throughout the whole movie has secretly been watching the games as she's been teaching yeah from this 
portable televisions that she stole from a student. She like took it away from him. And then immediately was like, oh, what are you watching? Oh, my husband. All right. I'm going to neglect my job now. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so she's watching the games as they've been going. And then she, they got to the pennant and she's like, I'm going to go buy, buy an impromptu flight back to Anaheim and try to catch this game. So she does. And she gets to Anaheim. And she, this is pretty funny. Too, okay, but... she gets to LAX, I'm guessing. Possibly. Yeah, well, because she says she's wants, she wants a flight to LA. So... so so I don't know about you, but I don't I'm not sure that any taxi driver in the history of LAX has been able to catch a nap before somebody catches it and no, like climbs God, in their back no. seat. No. Because <laughs> that's what this cab driver's doing. Like when they first show him, his head is back, his eyes are closed, and she's like, get to Angel Stadium, stat. They don't even show him wake up before they cut away. Get to Angel Stadium, stat. And he essentially turns around and he's like, fuck the angels. So this cab driver is immediately argumentative because he is a fan of the devils. So his wife is immediately like, yeah, fuck yeah, angels all the way, puts her hat on and they're cheering for each other's teams, you know, like for respective teams back and forth. And there's there's some some fun moments, but also it's just like, what? You hated your husband before this. Like literally all it took for it was for him to like win games. Yeah. Mm. That's mm. that's surface mm. level love at best. <laughs> <laughs> it would so, never survive on love is blind. So now they're on their way there. As this is happening, uh demons have taken over the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> Not really, but like they they have their behind jacobs at bat when he's trying to pitch and they hold his arms or like the bat in place so he can't swing yeah and he's getting strikes because of it there's another demon that like tries to trip eddie but because he believes he winds up still catching the ball yeah that one's so dumb it's just like basically this whole montage is back and forth of like him believing harder so that he ends up doing the thing yeah, there was there was a ball that the demon like tried to like smash Eddie's face in with, and he believed so hard that he caught it right in the middle of his face. Yeah, man, like Eddie's got superpowers now, and it's not because of the angels. Because the angels, Bob is sitting on the stands, and she's like, "Can you do anything?" He's like, "It's a championship game." Shit, I thought after two other movies, you'd know this by now. It's a really stupid rule. I do like that. It's like it's a championship game. I'm sorry. Two minutes later, ah, uh, you know what? We'll help out. It's like oh. <laughs> so much for the rules, uh, but also it's just like it just goes back to the whole thing of being like, yeah, but you cheated to get to this championship. Yeah, you weren't honest to begin with. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> being like, mm, you're on your own now. Yeah, it's so stupid. So. The taxi driver drops off Claire. They're going into the the um, the baseball game. And this is where I just don't quite understand it because Bob's like, yeah, I guess I'll help out. He appears to himself on the not to himself, but to to Eddie, Eddie on, the on the mound. And it's just like, yo, bro, you got to believe. Right. And he's like, yo, dude, just just look over there. And somehow Claire has gotten into the baseball game and so is the taxi driver. Yeah, and the and the taxi driver is now an Angels fan. Yeah, I guess even a pennant game 
people didn't care about the Angels because tickets were easily gotten right on the street, I guess. Yep. Those yep. scalpers. Was just like, yes, that's right. <laughs> so they're there right up there in the, in the bleachers. And she's like, fly and does the flappy thing. And then the whole stadium does the flappy thing. And here comes big old steroid devil guy. Right. Yeah. And then basically, guys, you knew it was going to happen. Eddie redeems himself because the same play that happened in 92 happens right here. The big slugger, he doesn't get a home run. He he fields the ball to Eddie. Yep. And and exactly what you thought was going to happen. Happens. God comes down and kills that baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> he smites him. <laughs> yeah, so Eddie redeems himself as you knew he would. And then apparently Simon has been talking to that mustard dispenser the whole time. Yes. And he has been using it like a confessional. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, uh, Bob, our angel walks by and he's like, I forgive you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and so he hears that. Right. So now Bob's just like, I'm appearing to everybody now. Like that's a thing. And, and I don't understand why that's just a thing just to wrap up the movie. Yeah. Right. And, but my question was, cause like, that's another thing we didn't really touch on is that Simon keeps talking to that mustard dispenser in multiple scenes for confession to, to try to like a- a pray to it. I, uh, what if, what if they just move the mustard container? How, how, how would li- Simon's life have been affected? <laughs> it's like, I got to find a different mustard container. Oh my God. I don't, I don't think I can. The last mustard container I talked to talked so much cl- shit and they were so clicky. I don't <laughs> think I can go to another mustard container. <laughs> and then Bob, you guessed it, earns his fucking wings. Yeah. Bob earns his wings. And then in the weirdest shot for for a movie that like i said i felt was competently shot the end shot of the movie has eddie and claire about to embrace in a kiss with uh with laurel in between them and then because uh walburn is is so uh huge and the two of them embracing a kiss they just cut laurel out of the frame altogether she is yeah. like so her response to the kiss of her parents getting back together, totally lost because the yep. two of them just cut her off and she has to sidestep and then do her like scene. Yeah. They're and like, then the yeah, movie's over. You, Laurel. <laughs> take me out to the ball game. Yes. This take me out to the ball game is, is the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's like a bad John Fogarty impression, but like also Randy a, Newman. No, it's also like a, a bad Randy Newman at the same time. Because <laughs> J- John Fogarty has that put me in coach song. Yep. Uh, you've got a friend in me. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a friend in baseball. So, yeah, that's Angels in the Infield from 2000. Uh, would you recommend this? Uh, I'm going to say no. You're still going <laughs> to say no. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I wouldn't like say go out and watch this. It's not funny or crazy enough. Um, yeah. Okay. I would say if you got kids or you are like so many of us in the world right now, you are looking for content, then sure. Enjoy a Disney film that isn't that is from this time period that isn't bad. 
It's also hmm. not on Disney Plus, surprisingly. Is it not? As far as I know, yeah. The yeah. first one is, I believe. Yeah, it's uh, um. It's oh, pro- you so you it's watched- probably that sports rights thing you were talking about. Yeah, you watched this on VHS, right? I did. Okay, so on YouTube, the version that I watched, anytime a semi copy written song came on audio would cut out of the movie for like a minute okay even did it with ode to joy and i was like i'm pretty sure that song is public domain (laughs) dude i'm pretty sure beethoven can't hear it dang (laughs) it's not because he's deaf it's because he's a skeleton yeah uh yeah i mean if you're looking for something to veg out to yeah go ahead and watch it other than that i mean why would you watch the third in this series? Yeah, exactly. I just can't. I just don't say seek it out. <laughs> I was like, if it came True. on TV or something, like, True. sure, throw it on. That's 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 a fair way to put it. Where would you place it on the jaw scale? I'm going to give it a two because it's not bad, but it's not like some masterpiece, especially for our ranking system. Yeah, no, I would give it a jabber jaw. It's very, ch- <laughs> very childish. Um, no, Jaws 2 uh, is another. It, it's it's. Because Jaws 2, like I always say, it's just a competent rehash of, of stuff that you already know, you know? So, yeah, Jaws 2. Cool. Yeah. So, so you've heard from us today, but there's still a bunch of people that you're not going to hear from. Because, ladies and gentlemen, Carly did not watch this film, and apparently nobody on the internet did enough t- or liked it enough to give it a 10 or 5 star review. So <laughs> there's nothing. It's, there's, it's a blank slate. <laughs> you have another bombs away first. Is yeah. that no taglines, no rotten tomatoes for something so new, no rotten tomatoes, a television film and also Carly did not watch it and I I guess me and you are the only ones that watched it. This movie only exists for us, apparently. (laughs) That's true. That's that's nice. Uh, Because (laughs) at the end of the day, we talked shit on this during Shorties, and it turned out to be not not that bad of a film. It was was enjoyable. Speaking of talking shit on something in Shorties, coming to you next Tuesday. Stay tuned for our episode next week, The Bunny Man Massacre. Yeah. It's going to be... Uh, probably eye-rollingly stupid. I'm looking forward to it slightly because the trailer did look fun. Like I said in the shorties, it just looks better filmed. Even like Vice Academy looks better filmed uh, uh, part two than the first one. So I'm already kind of more in where I'm like, all right, at least it looks competently made. Yeah, yeah. So that's next week. Um, yeah. But yes, thank you so much for joining us. Go ahead and if you like the episode, like, share write a review tell people about the show you can also find us on all of our social medias at bombs away show you can also find us at bombsawayshow.com again you guys like we've been saying and we're gonna say it until the, uh, the quarantine and isolation is over stay safe out there wear a mask if you're not feeling well don't go out and if you're also not feeling well, let someone know that you're not feeling well, because the worst thing to happen would be if you croaked in your house by yourself and then no one knew. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Like your next door neighbor. Yeah, my next door neighbor. That's, that's what all this true. construction sound was in this episode. <laughs> my next door neighbor died and seeped into the floor. So it's not true, it. guys. They're just replacing the carpet. Don't let him get on your his ghost stories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you got anything to plug? Uh, 
No, no. <laughs> one one day I'll, I'll I'll come up with something that isn't just a rehash of Jared's old joke. But plug today, yeah. yeah, today, nope, I got nothing to plug. Uh, just just check us out on that, guys. Uh, we're we're trying real hard to start developing new content, and I would love to see the the hard work that we provide to you you as a listener on a weekly basis to just you know go out and be shared with your friends and family so i i can't stress this enough especially during these hard times share 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 please yes yes and also uh add me on animal crossing if you want dm the account and i'll give you my friend code i have all the fruits looking to sell some turnips so uh hit me up on animal crossing if you want if we That's were actually plug. If we were actually famous, then uh, you would regret saying that right now. <laughs> I would really regret saying that because people would be like, where are your town? I, <laughs> I played Animal Crossing the other day with the porn star Siri. Oh. I went to her town. So that was wild. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah? It's just big boob bears all over the place? <laughs> <laughs> well, that about does it. Here for us at Bombs Away. Thank you guys for in- listening and enjoying this episode, hopefully. And I'm Tyler. I'm Jonathan. And you gotta believe, man. You gotta believe. Play ball. been a production of Big Bulb Entertainment, executive produced by Jonathan Young. For more media and information, visit us at www.bigbulbentertainment.com. Big Bulb, what's your bright idea? Yeah.